This is the One Step Better Podcast. Helping small businesses make wins each and every week. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the One Step Better Podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, and with me, as always, this week is Matt Patrick. Thanks for joining us, Matt. And we have a special guest today. It is Alex Brandwine from Brandwine's Bagels in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. You may remember Alex from a previous podcast. Uh, he joined us about a year ago to talk through some of his uh, his startup story on starting a, a business. Um, and so we're going to have Alex come on board because we're going to talk about something that he's working on internally, and that is finding ways to develop employees. We want to be able to put different professional develop, personal development opportunities uh, in in front of all of our employees to help them grow uh, in their own skill set as well as just life. And so, Alex, I really appreciate you joining us. Give us an opportunity to learn more about who you are, what you have going. Tell your story again uh, for those listeners that are that are newer, and we'll jump on in. Sure. Uh, well, first off, Mike, Matt, thank you so, so much for having me. Um, I am just the biggest Patrick Accounting Works fan. You guys have had our back since before we were even anything. Um, so grateful to, to be on, on with you guys. So um, like, my name is Alex Brandwine. Um, I own Brandwine's Bagels. We are a authentic New York style bagel shop based in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And we're really about trying to make people's day a little bit better. And we're, we're locally based right in the community. Um, bagel sandwiches, um, spreads, salads, everything's made in house. And we opened in August 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. Great and time. Amazingly, yeah, perfect yeah. timing. Um, but amazingly, have been off to a great start. Um, we're right now in the middle of an expansion, growing our, our footprint from 1,200 to 3,600 square feet. Um, and it's it's honestly felt like a dream up to this point. Um, before I got into the bagel world and even to Chapel Hill, I'm a born and ra- born and raised New Yorker. Um, grew up just I'm 20 sorry. minutes outside the city. <laughs> I'm a Red Sox fan, so I had to say it, you know. It's okay. I'm a suffering Mets fan, so oh, I'm, just, oh. I'm, not, I'm not even in the mix. We won't talk about 86, then we're fine. Exactly. Um, grew up eating bagels every day. Um, had no idea what that meant in my life, um, except that it was always something that just felt good. Just bagels on the table um, just made things better. Um, went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison for undergrad, fell into the finance industry, did the investment banking, private equity thing for eight years, the hundred hours, everything you hear about sort of banging a circle into a square (laughs) and finally, um, stepped away, um, to try to find something that I actually cared about, that I was actually passionate about, which was pretty terrifying admittedly. But, uh, that brought me to Chapel Hill to get my MBA and, and somehow a bagel shop sort of formed along the way. (laughs) That makes it, that's a, that's a normal story I hear every (laughs) day. Uh, just go, you know, (laughs) private equity to bagels. No, I love it. Uh, what I when I said what you know we've talked a number of times over the years, and it's always your passion just comes through. You can see that you found some joy, and that you're trying to share that joy over and over again. And I, and I love that. That's one of the reasons why we wanted to. That's have really cool. Yeah, that's how it always felt. Like people talk about entrepreneurship and this and that. I really just felt like a seven year old, like going in my backyard and making up this bagel game, and I just wanted to keep playing it. Like it was fun. It was fun working on the financials. Fun learning about the industry. It was fun learning how to cook like i can't even cook even or bake even before this so um each part just it's i was hooked that's awesome 
So do you have like your your go-to bagel recipe? Is that one of those, you know, family traditions that's been passed down from generation to generation? Oh my gosh. I, I wish that was the case that there was this great like <laughs> Brandwine's bagels that's been around forever. No, I literally came up with the recipe myself. Um, a million trials and errors, a million like black hockey pucks of bad bagels that were tossed to the side, um, just kept working it. What I had going for me was I ate so many bagels growing up um, that I knew I was going for taste-wise, and it was just sort of a matter of time eventually just being persistent and, yeah. and getting there. It's a lot of uh, – I was thinking about, like, I'm making all these different cookies or whatever it would be like, okay, nope, I'm tired of this. I got to find something else, but that's exactly right. Yeah. A g the difference between a good bagel and a bad bagel is extreme. Yeah. It is extreme. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your favorite? What's your favorite bagel? I like the everything. What, what, what's your go-to? Um, it's so funny. I was an everything guy myself, but when you when I started actually baking the bagels, it was about the gold standard. Like I became a plain bagel person. Plain bagel. Like yeah. if because you can't hide from all, all the seeds and all the other flavorings. Like how is your plain bagel? Like that was always yeah. the true test. What about you? <laughs> like Matt? a cheese pizza, right? Right. Like, yeah. Cheese pizza is how you judge pizza. Exactly. How much weight have you gained since you opened a bagel shop? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's <laughs> stress <laughs> offsets the bagels. Is it usually stress offsets the bagels. Yeah. My mom, my mom said, go into this, do whatever you need to do. Just watch your weight. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sample too much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the stress keep the, the the business owner stress keeps it off somehow. Yeah, the the stress eating and then the stress running around it's it it it's kept itself Balance, more or it's less balancing. Neutral. That's right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons that that we reached out is because um, I don't know a few weeks ago, a, a while ago, you got in contact with us and it's like, hey, I, I have an idea here. I have kind of a vision of what I want to happen inside of my organization as it relates to your employees. Talk to me a little bit about what, where that came from, what that vision was and, and how things are going here. Um, at least, you know, uh, uh, initially. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a, we sort of hit a moment. So we opened in August, 2020 and we've been off to an incredible start. Um, it's like, again, better than I ever could have imagined. But with that growth, um, we wanted to keep growing. We we didn't want to just sort of stay settled in our in our space. We wanted to keep growing and seeing what we could do. And with that growth came more team members, more ideas, more functions, more departments. And I started to realize that um, a few things were going on. First, I was becoming a bottleneck in terms of the growth and development of the company. And so we needed to grow our executive team. And I was also realizing that what was working before as sort of this small bagel shop um, wasn't going to work. And so there's that what was it was almost like planned obsolescence in that what had worked originally was not going to work and what we needed to do. But we also needed help to get there. Um, and I know like with everything, we went to you all at Works and, and Patrick Accounting to say, we need help. We need to build a structure. And we started to also see a lot of patterns in the restaurant industry where it can feel like there's a debt and it can feel like there's no growth and development, but that's not the company we're trying to build. We want this to be a place that you feels like you're getting somewhere. It feels like if you do certain things, um, you can achieve more and achieve more in your career and in your life. And we want to support that. And the fact is I'm not, I can't be in every which way in every corner to know what's happening. And the fact is 
I have my biases and I don't see things and things get in the way. And if we want to form a company that's fair and that's true, then cares about your employees, we need to create good systems and good processes and do it in a way that feels authentic to us. And we're going to need some help to get there. So we reached out to Matt and Greg um, to, to see if we can put something together. Yeah. And then, uh, I, you know, we the first conversations we've had so far, we really started with aligning vision and values with your hiring patterns. You know, you're putting, tying hiring and your people around uh, values. Tell us what that process is. We're very early stages, obviously, but um, what's that process been like? Yeah, it's honestly, it's been, it's been so eye opening for me. It's been also challenging. I mean, that's, it's been really putting myself to the test. Matt, you really put it perfectly. A lot of what we've done and what the company's been at, at the beginning has been a lot of gut and instincts and things that have felt right. But now we need to put that gut, as you said, and, and articulate yeah. it. And that sort of opened my eyes to what truly will take this company and our business to the next level. Um, so it's been challenging to push me to really explain what we're doing, what are the things we're looking for, and build the foundation of what Brandwine's Bagels is about. And until we that until we can articulate what our values are, what our what our vision is, what our mission statement looks like, it's going to be really challenging to define who fits underneath this umbrella that we're building in terms of how we hire and the people that we currently have. Would we rehire them? And so right now we're just starting. We're starting right there. Yep, that's exactly right. What is your um, let's say your typical age and experience for the people that you're hiring? It is so varied. I think that's um, what's so interesting about this. We have everything from part-time high school workers to um, full-time workers that have been in the industry for 20, 30 years. And so creating processes that allows for advancement, whether you are a part-time worker or whether you're full-time or somewhere in between or whether you need to you know, want to be here for a few years in advance to somewhere else, like we need to have we need to have systems in place for all of those candidates. So it, it's definitely uh, we're definitely taking on a lot in that regard. And I think that's important to point out because a lot of people in your space that would maybe I'm hiring, you know, first, second job type people that are going to you know stay with me six months, eight months, 12 months, whatever it may be. And then, you know, a lot of those people will just simply say, it is what it is. I'm going to get out of you what I can get out of you. And, you know, I'm going to pay you decently or whatever it is. But um, you're kind of going a step further than that and saying, not only do I want you to be here for, you know, however long, six months, 12 months, whatever, but I also, I want to put some time and effort into teaching you, developing you. That way, when you leave here, you're not just, you know what I spent, however long I spent with Brandwine's Bagels, but I also learned a lot. Where does that come from for you? Um, it matters where you spend your time, what you do matters and how we, and so if you're coming and you're part of this team, we need people that are all in for what makes sense for their lives, obviously, but that means we need to invest and support and grow because every single person in that shop matters, whether you're there for a two hour shift or you're there doing a full eight hour shift, um, your impact and the culture that we're trying to build is so important that every single person needs to be bought in and understand and feel like they are part of it, right? If you're throwing some people off to the side and saying, you don't matter and you guys, you all do, that's going to create different frictions that um, that means we're not all on the same page. And there's so many things happening at the shop that we really want to make sure everyone's treated the best. And for us, 
we like you said, I can't control where people go. And ultimately, I just want people to be happy. And if they want to come work with us, like, that's awesome. And we're going to support it all the way through. Um, and whatever happens, though, that's not in my control. But we need to do our part and go the full extent with everybody to give them the best experience possible. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I, I got the Cliff Notes versions after the fact. I've talked to Greg a couple of times since you guys met and did your first your first couple of sessions. What would you say was the big takeaway you got in your values? I, I can tell you what I thought it was. What What did you think it I was? Care. You, you, it comes out in everything you say. Uh, it comes out in your. We care about what we're. That what you say what matters, but it really comes down to we care. We care about the person. We care about what we're trying to do. We care about our product. And that was what it came over. It, it, it was repeated over and over and over again in your conversation with Greg. I thought it was really good. I, I love that. It's it's really everything. Um, like, you know, no matter how many bagels we sell and as cheesy as it sounds, like we're trying to build something sustainable. And so as we might have this amazing day where we sold a lot of bagels, but the thing I'm checking on is how is our team feeling? Did they completely get driven into the ground or are they feeling good? Do they feeling confident? Are they feeling excited about that? They did something awesome um, and, and feel really accomplished about it. Um, and so balancing both those things are, is how I look at success um, and they both go hand in hand. And so, yeah, the people, really, really, really matter. I really care about every single person in the shop. And that comes from a lot of different places. But um, how we treat one another is, is so yeah, important. I, I, I like that uh, mindset. And our, our, our value that says that in my mind is passion for our purpose. And but it's all of them kind of type of that. But uh, that one is one that I was kind of go back to is you got to care about what we're doing. And you got to love what we're doing. If not, I mean, gosh, this it's still just a job. I, it's not any fun. Like I, I got to have a lot more purpose than that. So, um, right. What, right. uh, a, a, as you're going through this process and trying to figure out, okay, I've got these different paths, you know, one of the things we kind of modeled this after in our minds, when we talked to you about this was kind of like that, what I say is that Chick-fil-A mindset of we're hiring, hiring people that we were, we're going to grow them as employees and as people, the fact of what they do there isn't necessarily, um, as much as how they do it and why they're doing it and how we're developing them kind of talk to you about what you've done there or you're thinking through there. Yeah. I mean, when we, even before we get into hiring and the skills and all the training that goes into it, it's about the people understanding what motivates them, what experiences do they have. I always ask questions about like, what's their favorite customer experience that they've had, um, whatever, whether it's food or otherwise, to get a sense of like where their first are they remembering experiences or remembering the little moments or remembering the little things where someone did something extra and ran out to your car with an umbrella or gave you that extra thing um it just shows for me that those those little things that they look for they're aware of it and before you get into all the nuts and bolts of executing um those little intangibles have to be there and i tell everybody on the shop you know in terms of the experience we're creating when the environment in the shop, like feeling safe, feeling happy, feeling supported um, is so, so important. And I don't care if someone's been with us for since the very beginning or been there a day, um, how we treat one another is so important. And all the other things that come with it are yep. secondary. Um, but like you said, we can train, we can teach, we can learn. It's almost the fun of it, right? We're not doing we're not curing cancer over here. We're serving bagel sandwiches, which is awesome and fun. 
and meaningful and makes people's days better. But the skills itself are something that can be learned and taught. Um, and as long as, but it doesn't work unless we're all working together. Um, if you don't do that, then everything else is secondary. So I want to get down into some of the weeds on how you're executing some of these strategies. Talk to me a little bit about your org structure. Um, who, who, how you develop your, or not develop your team? How do you have your team structured, organized, uh, to make sure that those values really get down from top to bottom? Sure. So right now it's it's myself, and then we, as part of our executive team, um, we have. Melissa, who's our director of operations. Melissa and I were classmates at Keenan Flagler at UNC. Um, I also took, she was also a former investment banker. <laughs> Another uh, glutton for punishment. To the, exactly. Um, and then, um, so we have our director of operations. We have our head baker, Christy. Um, we have an executive chef. Um, and then we have our front of house manager, uh, Courtney. Um, we're, we're right now in the middle of hiring a new executive chef. Um, those four departments, um, sort of cover everything. So Christy's looking after the production of the dough, as well as the baking of the bagels. The head chef looks over all things food related, um, front of house is really running the retail operation. Um, and then Melissa is doing all the nuts and bolts and nitty gritty to help grow our business and, and maintain what we're doing. Um, we also want to hire a catering, catering director as we're going, growing our business too. Um, we meet once a week on Mondays to catch up and we do sort of the two parts, right? There's the person part and we do check-ins just to see how is everyone doing? Just going around the room. We start really simple, one through four. Um, where are you at? What's going on? We want to understand people and know where people are. And we all have different backgrounds, different experiences, different biases. So just asking questions, being curious is, the, is sort of the best way. And then we jump into what's happening with each, each of our teams. And the message- Did you say you're doing that on a weekly basis? On a weekly basis. And so those meetings really help to disseminate to the rest of the departments about what's going on, what they're hearing. I'm getting good feedback. We're all sharing with each other. And that really starts um, good conversation for each week. I think what's hard about our company is we're open seven days a week. And so, and there's different people at the shop all the time. And so when you're constantly running the business and also trying to grow and manage the business and be proactive and implement new things, it's difficult to do when you're constantly open at the same time. So there's those no meetings are, are helpful. What's that? Yeah, there's never, you're never off. So you're never off. Probably, yeah. Nobody's all in the same cycle either. Mondays or Monday's meeting. That's probably about the only time you guys are on the same cycles. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Do you guys do any type of um, entire team or all staff type of outings or, or get togethers? Um, we've done, it's been difficult with COVID to do that and yeah. the timing of that too. I also, if I'm being honest, like I feel like if you overdo those big outings, it can feel just like so many people and a lot of me on some like milk cart and sort of talking to everybody doesn't <laughs> feel genuine. And so we try to do it in smaller groups. We do bi-monthly meetings with each department and we sit in a circle and it's a real, it's a better way to, to talk and communicate and share what's going on and get feedback. I still want to keep this thing feeling, um, how do we keep the soul of what made us great and that connectivity um, while we grow this? And so we want to make it feel that way at the same time. Um, we are planning as we finish our expansion here, a big like ice cream social, 
thing in our parking lot, like have a full all out sort of bash with everybody. Um, so we do things like that and we do get togethers for birthdays and like anniversaries for the business and, th- and stuff like that. But when it comes to celebrating big Tar Heel wins. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we try to do that stuff, but it's when I, I try to keep it really on a personal level as best we can, um, even as we grow. In, in what ways do you um, equip your exec team to really I'll say, for lack of a better term, really love on their teams and their departments independently. Uh, are they coming to you to you know place those or you know suggest ideas, or do they kind of have a little bit of autonomy to to run you know with the ball on trying to execute some of that stuff with their teams? I'd say it's both. I mean, I trust each of those people so 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 much. Um, they, in my mind, have full opportunity to do whatever they think is right at that moment to take care of their team, going above and beyond, whether it's little things of just picking up smoothies for your team on a hot day or taking them out or ordering a pizza for a group that's been working late at night. Um, In my mind, go do it. Like we'll talk about little events as they come about and they're always welcome to tap in. Like I'm a big communication, I'm a big transparency person. So reach out, talk to me, message me, call me anytime. But in order for us to be successful, um, it's really about trust. And for me, like I know, just as I know our front of house team is going to do every, they have full autonomy to do what's right with a customer. I'd feel the same way with each of our senior team members. How, how have you had, obviously early on, you mentioned that you, you feel like you were sometimes a bottleneck and I feel the same way a lot. Um, probably a lot, a lot, let be honest. Um, but <laughs> your team's growing fast and you're growing it even faster. You know, one of those struggles is, I'll say dilution of your vision to the team, but also dilution of, I'll say your hire, your, you have a gut. We talked about gut hiring, right? So you've talked about, I have a gut that this person's going to be a good fit because of blah, blah, blah. And you have to trust your leaders to have that same gut instincts if they're in the hiring process and you're not in it. So that's one of the reasons why we decided to talk through objectifying the hiring process. But what have you, felt is the pain or struggle you're having with that idea of being a bottleneck? Like, where do you see that kind of, um, uh, rearing, rearing its head during your processes? I see it in a lot of places. I see it in hiring. I'm still the one that's doing all the initial screening. Um, and that's just for a lack of, again, having the tools and equipped and time to invest in training our senior team members to assist with hiring. So while they'll do second and third rounds and ultimately it's their decision on whether or not they want to bring someone in, um, when it comes to that first person, right, in terms of having those brand wines qualities that we're looking for, I'm still the person that is doing that initial screen, asking questions, speaking with them, getting that feel of, um, are they going to be someone that's that's truly um, going to you know, display the values that we're looking for. Um, so that's a perfect example when it comes to hiring of being able to empower our team members to do those searches, to reach out, to contact, do those initial screens. And maybe I'm there if things are close or tight, or if they have a question or want me to see, or depending on what's going on. And I'm excited to work with you all to sort of put those processes together. So I, again, am not slowing down hiring because I haven't had time to go through 
the list of applications that there and that's that's a real I, thing I, i'm the same way I, and i've been where you are because i was the obviously i was the hiring committee and i hired employee one and hired employee 20 and while and also i was the one who would make the mistake and be owning the mistake if i made a hire i shouldn't have made and a lot of times i did it with the optimism i have eternal optimism when i hire reverse of that though now is the trust factor, right? I have to trust that I put the stuff in place and it becomes even more hard for me as the owner going, gosh, that person didn't work out. Now I have to trust that, well, they made a judgment call. That judgment call wasn't the right one this time, but it still was the right process. I struggle with that today of reaching back in and wanting to grab that. Well, I'll, I'll interview the next one because I know that last one didn't work out. So I'll just grab that one. And that is a right, right. real struggle. <laughs> so I, I'm as, as you go forward, that's, you know, as we, we'll talk, and that is the – I, I, I heard it real quick. The trust in your team, that's, a, that's the hardest thing. And also the letting them fail. It's going to be – that's the, what I struggle with. It's, I don't want them to fail. I want them to do – I want them to do it right, and I want them to do it the way I want them to do it, but also I don't want them to fail because I don't want them to go through the battle scars that I've been through before. And so I end up jumping in when right. I shouldn't. I feel that, Matt. I feel that coming, yeah. and I know we're going to work through it, which makes me want to invest even more time now as we're sort of articulating what I'm looking for in a hire and making sure that we're setting them as best we can up for success, knowing that those failures are still going to happen, but trying to – set ourselves up again, as I said, as best we can. I thought what was interesting in one of our first conversations about it is um, I may not even know or be doing what I need to do from a hiring perspective to get the people that I want, um, even if I am using my gut. And so working with you all right. will be really exciting to actually ask questions that will ultimately get me to what I'm looking for when sometimes I may not even know myself. So I'm excited to work through that process. Yeah, put just objectifying, we talked a lot of this with this idea of objectifying the hiring, and I'm the same way. I know it when I know it, but I don't know it if I didn't even know it. So I'm supposed to feel it, you know? Like So yours is care, ours is that hungry, humble, smart. Now that I've identified it, I know, like, if they don't have those three things, like, it's not going to work out. But if I didn't, I, I would – well, I may have articulated another way, but now it really lives me a laser focus and allows us to – It allows up. you to communicate. So now we have a common language within our organization – Whenever in our world, if whenever we talk about hungry, humble, smart, we we've coached on it, trained on it, and communicated about it enough to where even our new hires, they understand what that means. Yep. And in your world, that's where you know, you're starting that process of, of developing art. These are kind of some of the internal language that we're going to use and make sure that it's communicated across the board, especially with your leadership team, so that they can identify those things through the same eyes that you're looking at it. And it is. It trust is a big component of that. Communication is a big component of that. And then ultimately, it's the unleashing and letting them fail and coaching yep, them up so whenever hard. it happens. Yeah. And then we yeah. get them in there, and this is big thing. And now I have to actually develop them, and that's where I struggle. And we we all do. Every business does it, right? Um, at least every small business I know does it. But it's like in my mind, I have this ideal development track that's just a nice linear step. You know, just straight up a normal flat line. It doesn't work that way. Um, you know, the path that you're on is, I like the idea of you're, you're kind of creating developmental paths and, or a model to, okay, well, here's where people can go. I, they can see the vision of their role, but also you have identified the roles you need them to fill as they continue to go down a path. So, True. um, so what, what are some of those things from, you know, from your employees that you're bringing on, um, 
and they're coming in the door as a frontline worker. They're going to be, maybe it's the uh, you know front of house type employee, and you're talking to them about you know this is what it means to work at Brandwine. This is what you're going to get out of it. What are some of the the paths that you see that person potentially going down, so that it's in their world, it's more than hey, I'm just going to show up and make or sell some bagels. For me, it's right under like doing the job can grow in so many positions, right? You can grow vertically up through on the people facing side. And there's so many different components to that in terms of becoming a manager, front of house manager, and us growing that component of the business. I think there's a ton of opportunity on the catering side as we grow that in terms of customer facing and sharing and growing and giving people that experience, whatever sort of life event is going on and being and having opportunities on that front. And I think there's a lot of what I've what I've learned is, and you mentioned it right at the beginning, Mike, of like what happens when someone may leave. I think creating good redundancy in the shop is really important too. And so giving people the opportunity to sort of see every facet of Brandwine's bagels in terms of working different positions. Maybe you do some stuff in front of house, but you really like coordinating, or maybe you really want to get your hands in the dough, or maybe you want to do some prep work. And there's opportunities on that side too. Um, I think that takes some time though, as we're growing this thing, we are still a baby company. And so the opportunities of where you can get involved, um, will continue to grow as, as long as the company grows in a, in the, in a thoughtful manner. So I think becoming a leader, becoming, taking on more responsibilities and then being a, someone that's growing and training and teaching and modeling, and then coming up with their own ideas, um, are all within that spectrum of what a front of house worker can become. For me, it's about keeping people that are talented and and making sure that they're getting what they want out of out of their life experiences. And so we need to creep for those people. We need to continue to create opportunities for them to to get that. How many people do you hire that this job may be their first job? Uh, quite a quite a bit, quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. And so I, I would think you I would think you would. And, and I you know my mind says you know that you know. This is a customer facing role. So dealing with people, conflict, responsibility, teamwork, you know, all those things, you know, are all skills that that front of house is going to have that they can't get through any white collar sitting in an accounting office job, I'll be honest. So we often are looking for people that have that customer facing skill set because it translates finding an accountant that can talk to people is a rare thing. And so, but I'm assuming that's a skill that, um, you're looking for people that care and want to take care of a customer the right way and, and are passionate about helping others. And uh, they have to work with other people and different personalities and all the conflicts that go around with people. But also, anytime you're face-to-face with the customer, there's always the potential for, you gave me the wrong change back or <laughs> my credit card should be working. Why is it not running? All that stuff that goes on with a, you know, a, a customer who's totally unreasonable. But um, yeah. But those and those are those are awesome moments, right? You turn those moments into special ones where yep. instead of doing the getting into a moment of we're on one side, you're on the other side, we're training people to embrace it and be like, We're here, we see you, we feel your frustration, who knows what else is going on in their life. And that training for our team member of being able to think on their toes, to be compassionate, to be understanding and 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 work to resolve it can actually What's been fun is turning those frustrating moments into really special ones that have great memories and great outcomes just because we 
handled it a different way, which was sort of hearing them, getting at their frustration and saying, hey, we got it, we're messed up or we own it. And we move forward and we really try to help people out. And so it's been fun bringing on people that have never worked before and hopefully guiding them towards a way to, to be productive and be thoughtful and truly care about people in ways that make people feel good. Explain who FICA is and how come they have their money. That's yeah. always like, who's FICA? Right. That's what we always talk about. <laughs> Friends joke. Um, yeah. Yeah. That empathy is is something that we talk about a lot because you like you guys are in a very different spot than we are. We're giving people some good news, some bad news. You know, you're usually I'm assuming giving most people good news when they're coming in to buy a bagel. Uh, but there is things that you never know what people the baggage people walk into the door with both employees as well as customers. So it's uh, that empathy is important. And it also is that conflict resolutions a skill that is always valuable translates to a lot of yes. different areas yep. well alex Most i really definitely. i've enjoyed talking with you it's been fun to kind of behind the scenes get to watch how you guys have grown over the past couple years and hear about what you guys are doing to even accelerate that even further uh, and so i appreciate you coming on and, and just talking to us a little bit about some of the things that you guys are doing out in north carolina i'll tell you this if i was somebody out in north carolina looking to get involved in the hospitality space i would definitely look at brands wines bagels um, as a place that is a growing business that i can get in early on because it's going to go some places and it's, it's going to be a fun ride and so i uh, wish you nothing but the best i do have one more question for you before we run okay. We ask everybody that comes on here is what are some of the tools, tricks, maybe it's a book or podcast that you've read or listened to um, that's really propelled your business forward uh, over the past couple of years? What's the secret sauce of Alex Brandwine? Um, the secret sauce is it's, it's never bad to have a conversation. Talk it out, be transparent be vulnerable. That's what's been so awesome, whether it's a customer or a team member, just taking that extra moment to step outside or go to a quiet place and listen and hear and just communicate somehow just takes everything and just makes it better. Um, and that's been the special sauce is just hearing people and listening to people. And it's nothing that magic. It's just sort of taking people at their word and listening and working together. I know, I know there's not like some magic bullet in there, but yeah, I feel a, like that's a, a lot of, that's a good magic bullet. I think a lot of it is just people. Um, I think people want to be seen. And I think, um, I think that's important that we, that we provide that. And that's been, that's been really helpful as we've grown this. That's awesome. Well, Alex, I appreciate your time. Thank you so very much for coming on and talking to us for a few minutes. Like I said, I wish you nothing but the best and uh, we'll definitely talk here pretty soon. Yeah, I really, really appreciate it. I have to say, like, you all have been, I know it just sounds like a plug, but the fact is- I love is, the plug. Keep going. Keep going. You're good. <laughs> you guys have been incredible, um, both just in the nuts and bolts on the accounting side, the nuts and bolts of all the HR, just processing and getting people paid as hard, as simple as that sounds. It's so complicated and there's so many different elements and things that come up and being able to have that and then go the next level and be thoughtful and creative and come up with solutions um, as things that happen on the fly in a moment or this sort of longer term planning that we're working on with you. I feel so, so, so lucky um, to get to work with you all and learn from you all. The fact is I'm learning too. This is new to me 
I'm growing. I'm making a million mistakes every day, probably more than, than anyone at the company. Um, but having your guys, um, having our back has been truly a blessing. So thank you. I appreciate that. I'd say that you are not alone. That is a normal customer and owner journey. Not that we're awesome. That's not, well, yes, that is. But the uh, the journey of you're going to own her and you're going to make a bunch of mistakes, but as long as you know you're still going in forward, it's okay. Yeah. That's good. Very yes. kind words. I yeah, appreciate it. Thank you it. so thank much, you, Alex. Alex. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the One Step Better podcast. We really appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to us. We'd really appreciate it if you would take some time to rate us five stars on your podcast player of choice. And make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss out on another episode. Thanks and have a great day.